Good morning, Impact City. Good morning. It's so good to see you, and I'm, it's my privilege to welcome you today. I'm going to invite you to take your seats for just a few moments. Thank you, worship team. I'm excited to share with you what God has placed in my heart for today as we uh, jump into Christmas at Impact City. And I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I'm reading out of the New King James Version for this particular uh, portion of Scripture. The rest of the the Scriptures that I'll be using today are, are out of the NIV Version. Everything... Uh, the key scriptures are in the version app. I want to talk to you today on the theme, Rediscover Christmas. Isaiah 9, 6, it's a very familiar passage of scripture. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. It's hard to believe that Christmas is almost here with so much chaos that is taking place in our world and with so much chaos that perhaps has arrived to even our homes in particular. For some of us, Christmas can't come soon enough. And I think that would ring true for most of us, if not all of us in this place, considering what we have gone through since March of 2020. It's great to be able to come together and it's great to be able to celebrate and to remember that Jesus is indeed the reason for the season. We could all really use some Christmas this year. So I'd love to jump into the theme of what it means to rediscover Christmas together today. And today we reflect and we will focus on Christ's coming, his coming here to earth that changed everything on that first Christmas long, long ago and his eventual triumphant return to earth to complete God's ultimate work of redemption. We are so grateful that he is faithful. Amen. We're grateful that he is faithful. The Christmas story. So when I look at the Christmas story, I have to understand that it is a powerful story. It is a powerful story. It's not just to make me feel good. It's not just to bring excitement uh, uh, to me. It's not just a season for us to have some uh, seasonal lattes or, or mochas or whatever that, that may be. It, it indeed is a time that is filled with wonder and miracles and the very real life that we see present. So the story of Jesus coming to earth is the most wonderful gift of all eternity. At his birth, Jesus brought hope, he brought love, he brought joy, and he brought peace into the lives of all humanity in very real ways. And I want to look at that for just a moment today. And he still does the same for us today, that while on that great evening when Jesus was born, we see that hope, peace, joy, and love came into the earth. The truth of the matter is that regardless of what you're facing today, hope 
peace, joy, and love can find its way into your heart, into your troubled situation, whatever that it may be that you are needing here today. We serve a God that can do it all. Amen. We serve a God that knows no barriers. We serve a God that knows no obstacles. We know a God that knows no impossibility. He is, he is the God that can accomplish it all, and he can do it all. The Christmas story in and of itself is just a reminder uh, to let us know that he can transcend every single impossibility and come into our world. I'm grateful for a God who saw us in, in our fallen state, in our state of, of not having any hope and not having any way out of sin. But he said, I will come down to you and was born of a virgin named Mary. And we're so grateful that we serve a God that if we're down, he's down with us. Amen. If he can come down and, and go through it all just to show his love for you today. So this morning, I want to spend some time highlighting all that it means that Christ has come and that we could rediscover Christmas in him. And one of the most incredible things that we see in Christ's coming it, that we are able to understand is that we are able to find hope. We're able to find hope in our uncertainties. So when uncertainty surrounds us, the promise of Christ fills us with the hope to carry on. Hope can be defined as the breath that keeps us alive. It can be the fuel of faith. It could be the fuel of dreams. It could be the fuel of possibilities. Hope is that whisper that, that sometimes comes to us and you say, maybe, just maybe I'll be better. Maybe, just maybe I'll get the news that I'm hoping. Maybe, just maybe things will start to, to work out the way I'm hoping. That, that is what hope is. It's the spark in the cold darkness that catches the flame and it's that flicker of the first light on a new morning that you're able to just say, you know what, I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. In the worst sufferings and the worst atrocities and catastrophes of human history, it has always been hope that has kept us together. It has always been hope that has preserved us. There has always remained that flicker of hope that in throughout everything, through enslavement, through imprisonment, through torture, and through tragedy, there have been those who have just had, man, I, I just believe that, that things can get better. I just believe that things can get better. And I want to encourage someone here today, maybe your holiday season is not what you had panned it to be or what you had expected it to be. Can I just share with you that in Jesus, there is hope for whatever you're facing and that his word and that his presence and that his power can transform whatever you are facing here today, that there is hope in Jesus. Throughout the history of the Jewish people, there was a hope of God's 
covenant. There was a promise of restoration. There was a promise of blessing that, were, that was to come through the Messiah. And they were just waiting. They were anticipating. They were hoping for this time to come. But time progressed. Time went on. Time dragged on. And the, the nation was plundered. And they went through some hard times. And they went through some dark moments. And they went through some seasons where they even questioned if God loved them. The people were exiled. They were conquered. People had come in. And they even prayed this prayer that you see in the book of Psalms. They said, how long, oh God, how long will I stay like this? How long will I stay brokenhearted? How long will I stay in my frustration? How long will I stay in my loneliness? How long will I stay in my desperation? That was their cry century after century passed. But there were those that kept hope alive and said, one day, one day he's coming. And when he comes, everything is going to be okay. They lived expectant, expectantly and they lived faithfully saying, I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to wait on him. Oh, Isaiah is preaching in my ear. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Those that wait upon the Lord, there may be some frustration in the room today and there may be some impatience in the room today but can I tell you just wait on him wait on his time wait on his word wait on his promises wait on who he is when I look at my God and everything that he does he never has lost a battle and I promise you that he is the God that fights for you he is the God that fights for us there is hope through every moment through every season there is hope because Jesus is here. The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, amen, that Simeon and Anna were two of those people that went to encounter baby Jesus, and they had lived long and difficult lives. They had known heartache. They had known disappointment. They had known loss, but they did not abandon hope, and, the, the, and we understand that when they saw baby Jesus, that he was just about six weeks old at that time, and he was in the temple, they knew without a doubt that this was the Messiah. He was the promised one. He was the son of the living God. They were ready. They had lived their life waiting for this moment, and they embraced that moment with hope, fulfilled with rejoicing and with worshiping and with spreading the news that the Messiah had come. Their flames of hope spread beyond, and it multiplied, and it was, be, it was able to be infectious to those around them. How is your flame of hope today? day. So how is your flame of hope today that in the midst of it being a tough year, that the kind of years that we've seen that, ex that threaten to extinguish the flames of hope in our lives, let me encourage you this morning, no matter what you are facing or no matter where you're at, to rediscover hope this Christmas in the coming of Christ, to know that he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. God with us. He came to restore the hope, the hope of salvation, the hope of restoration, the hope of healing, the hope of his continued work 
that one day he will complete in our bodies and in our souls and in this world. So as we come humbly to worship Jesus this morning, we can find the renewal of that hope within us and the strength to be able to take that next step and the strength to be able to carry us forward. And with this verse as our prayer, let's rediscover the, the hope that Christ has come to change our lives. The, the Bible says in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let that be our prayer today. The second thing we can find because of Christ, we can find peace in our struggles. So the struggles are real. The struggles are real. What you're facing no doubt is real, but the peace of Christ can go through all of that, even in our darkest days. The announcement came in the dark of the night. Of course, we understand that the angels began their announcement to the shepherds with, with these words, do not be afraid. Because, of course, you can imagine their reaction. They were naturally scared because they were human. And the fact that there's so much in our world here today that we experience that causes us fear. There's so much uncertainty. There's so much that happens in this world that we struggle to understand. For the shepherds on that night, it included why these magnificent, terrifying, heavenly beings showed up in the middle of the night to them and said, do not be afraid. They were just caught off guard. And some situations in life just catch us off guard. Some situations catch us off guard. For us, it's the normal pressures and disappointments and the uncertainties and, and the frailty of our broken world. And that's even true without the rolling events of a pandemic. Take that out and we're still in, in a difficult position. But in Jesus, can I tell you, in Jesus, the Prince of Peace arrived on earth. That's what separates us is that we understand and we know the peace that comes in being a child of the King. Amen. That is what separates us that we live in the same world that all the billions of people live in. But there is something that separates us as being a child of God to know that there is a peace that guards our heart, to know that there is a peace that comes through him that says, you know what? This world may be falling apart, but Jesus reigns in my life and he reigns in my heart. And because I have him in my heart, I have peace. Jesus is the prince of peace here on earth. The angels proclaim, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that you will share great joy with all these people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah and he is the Lord. This will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Suddenly, the Bible says, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on, per on, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The favor of God is here with humans. When, when we talk about the word peace, we have to look at the word shalom, which is the Jewish concept of fullness, of safety, did you catch that? Of completeness and wholeness. All of that is available to 
us. This is the peace of restoration with God. It is the peace that holds us together and settles in in the deep confines of our soul that, that, that we're able to say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul that, that while everything is not perfect and that while everything has not aligned with what I am needing it to be, it is well with my soul because there is peace on the inside of me. I have peace like a river. Amen. I have peace like a river that, that transcends, that confuses the situations that I go through. And it's not because of who I am and it's not because of who you are, but it's because of who he is. That when he came, he brought, the Prince of Peace has come down to us to settle our hearts and to forever let us know that I can be sick, but I can still be calm. That I could be frustrated, but I can still have peace. That I could be lonely and I can still have peace that I could still have things coming against me but the Lord is the, my light and my salvation of whom shall I fear I have peace because of who he is amen in a sense it's almost like the coming of Jesus just transcended everything that they had ever experienced and allowed them to see something that they had never seen before. It is my hope that together we rediscover the peace of Christ this Christmas. That for, those, for the turmoil in your life, that you would experience the peace of God in your life. To know that storms will come. We know this. But let me invite you to step into to the shelter that is known as the peace of Christ. That you can find in him what Isaiah said, that he would be a hiding place for you. Does this life seem too much for you this morning? Does life seem overwhelming to you this morning? The Bible says that he is a hiding place, that he can take you and that he can shelter you, that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, that he will guard you and that he will protect you, that just as Jerusalem has mountains around it that, that surrounds it and protects it, the Bible says that so is God around the those that fear him. I want to tell you there is a promise for the turmoil that you're facing. There is a promise for that unsettling in your stomach and in your heart that says, I, I just can't, I can't find, I can't get in a rhythm. I can't get over this anxiety. I can't get, there is a peace that can come and find you here because he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Paul said that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The third thing, you can find joy in our discouragements. We can find, it's finding joy in our discouragements. We have all had one of those days, or one of those weeks, or maybe for you it's a month, or maybe it's been a year. It's just been one thing after the other. Even then, Christ fills us with joy that defies our circumstances. That means that there's a joy that is greater than what you're facing. There is a joy that is greater than what you are going through today. King David wrote this in the, the book of Psalms 
chapter 30. He said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy, oh, joy comes in the morning. I don't know about you, but I, I need some joy in my life for some certain situations. But the truth is that sometimes the night can feel so long and it can feel so unbearable. And, and you ask yourself, will I ever come out of this? Sometimes the happiness that you're longing for feels so distant. The good news of great joy that is alive in us through Jesus is the strength that sustains us. That's why the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. We see in the stories of Elizabeth and Mary that they're united in the shared joy of their pregnancies. They're both, they're both miraculous pregnancies. Zechariah and you have Zechariah and Elizabeth that had, that had not been able to have children all of a sudden uh, be able to come up pregnant. You have the Virgin Mary who, who is impregnated through the Holy Spirit. We see this uh, unravel. So for Elizabeth, the joy was the fulfillment of being able to, to to leave, to leave the, the, the fact that she could not have children. Her joy had erased all the disgrace that she had gone through. The joy of being pregnant had erased all the years that had been stolen from her. For Mary, joy was a relief of acceptance and understanding and a celebration of being in the middle of what God was doing and, and God's greatest miracle. So surely Mary knew that, that she would face scorn and that she would face disbelief, that people would look at her and say, no, I don't believe your story. All of this misunderstanding that was surrounding the pregnancy that she was going through, but in her encounter with Elizabeth, she finds freedom of joy because they were both in unique circumstances. For some of us here today, Christmas is a joyful season. That, that's filled with celebrations and with traditions, with comfort of loved ones. For, other, for others in this place, the expectations of Christmas, joy serve as reminders of, of deeper pains and disappointments and the lack of all we're supposed to be enjoying. But probably for most of us, Christmas brings a mixture of both. It is my hope that we just rediscover joy this Christmas season and that we choose to rejoice. Amen. That we choose to rejoice. It is a choice. As we return our focus to Jesus, we can find strength in the joy that is his. As we pour our pour out our hearts to him, even the, in the midst of our loss and of our pain, that he can transform our weeping into joy. And, and he lets us know and lets us appreciate and enjoy the goodness of his greater work. It's my prayer that, that we would able to wrap our minds around what Peter wrote, that though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let us find joy this Christmas, not in our circumstances, but let us find joy in the fact that Jesus is all that we need. And the final thing, let us find, it's about finding love in our differences. Finding love 
and our differences. Because the truth is that we could always find something to disagree on. The Bible says, behold how beautiful and it is for the brothers to dwell together in unity. It doesn't say uniformity. Uniformity means that we all think alike, that we all speak alike, that we all dress alike. No, he says unity. The fact of the matter is that what separates unity and uniformity is that we have differences, that we, we see things different, that, but that we're able to put those things aside and know that we have common common objectives, and that is to love God and to love people. Amen. It is about knowing that we can come together in unity and finding love in our differences. Why is this important? Because in, in the world that we live in, it is constantly, there are constantly things that are seeking to drive us apart. If it's not one thing, it's the other. The love of Christ runs so much deeper than any difference. Can I tell you that this morning? That with the flood of grace, forgiveness, and unity. But the truth is that each of us long to be loved and to feel accepted. The desire for joy and for love is so dominant in our cultures today. But the truth is that instead of us in this world being a culture that exemplifies love, we are a nation and a world that is filled with division, with conflict, and with hatred. And despite our best intentions, our broken human nature naturally divides us. But Jesus, amen, but Jesus, on the other hand, is the bridge of love that unites us. He is the long-promised Messiah sent because God loves us so much that he allowed his only son to be the sacrifice for all our sins, for all our failures, for all our shortcomings. And when he did, Jesus made the way for us to be restored into a relationship with him. And that's what he longs for you today. That's what he longs for you today, to be in a relationship with him. God gathered a varied group, a group of different people with different backgrounds and different cultures to be involved in the arrival of his son. When you look at the people that were involved, they represented the different barriers and the divisions that God was bringing together and that God was uniting and that he could take someone from here and put them here and that he could take someone from the opposite perspective and bring them here. There were people that were young and old. There were people there that were earthly and that there were people there that were heavenly. There were people there that were lowly and there were people there that were not so lowly. There were noble people. There were Jews and there were Gentiles. There were clean people and unclean people. Ultimately, God was there for all of humanity to say, you know what? All of you can be a part of it. All of you can be a part of it. I, that's a great reminder that regardless of your background and regardless of whatever you have faced and regardless of what life has looked like, looked like for you and has brought you here, the Bible tells us that, that he brings us, that we are all united because of his love and that it, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you haven't done. It doesn't matter if you have something or if you don't have anything. God brings us all, all together and his love knows uh, no barriers and he says I'll take you and I'll take you I'll take you I'll take it doesn't matter what you have done what you've been what you've gone through God says I'll take it all 
I'll take it all. You're accepted in him. So as we rediscover Christmas, it's my prayer that we rediscover the love of Christ. The perfect love that allows us to experience complete acceptance by God and the perfect love that removes our fears. And as this love washes over us and fulfills us and satisfies us and cleanses us, I pray that it propels us to reach across the divisions around us. I pray that our light is able to shine to our enemies with humility, with forgiveness, and with grace. And like the Apostle Paul wrote, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long, high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses all understanding and that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That is our prayer. The worship team will join me. Christ has come with hope. Christ has come with peace. Christ has come with joy. And Christ has come with love. And he has come to change our world. He has come to change you. He's come to change me forever. The Bible says this in Luke that while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she, speaking of Mary, gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The question this morning is, do you have room? Maybe you have not accepted him as your Savior. Do you have room for him? Maybe you've walked away from him. Can I tell you this morning that you can walk back? It's such a humble birth. It's such an understated beginning to life. Yet it's such a normal entry into our existence. Human birth is fragile as a fragile, helpless baby. Can you imagine? Jesus is one of us. He made himself like us, able to understand everything we go through, all our, long, all our longings, all our struggles, and all our pain. But yet Jesus is God, and he is hope. He is joy. He is peace. And he is love. He is hope. He is joy, he is peace, and he is love. He's here to restore these characteristics in your life today. Jesus' life rediscovered. So if you're struggling in this place today and you're asking yourself, where is Jesus? Let me offer you this, that Jesus is in our uncertainties. Jesus is in our struggles. Jesus is in our discouragement. Jesus is in our differences. He's in our celebration, but he's also in our mourning. He's in our crying, 
but he's also in our rejoicing. He's in our fear, and he's also in our triumphs. He's in our losses, and he's also in our victories. He's in our brokenness, but he's also in our healing. He is in our sickness, and he is also in our health. He is in our life, but he is also in our death. Wherever you are, Jesus is there and he is working and he is moving. He is offering life and he is offering forgiveness. He is calling us this morning to trust and to see beyond the circumstances that stare us in the face and to know that he is greater than whatever it is, to know that he is deeper, that to know his deeper, bigger, broader, wider, higher picture and work, to, to, let, us, to let us know, to remind us that Jesus is in our world and that he is in in our lives and that he cares about the details that you may not think that he does. He is Emmanuel, that he is God with us for eternity, that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us, that Jesus is the reason why we get to come together today and to be able to have the life that we live, to be able to know that, that he paid our sins, that all of it, that the Calvary's cross all started because he was born, because he came down to where we were at to to let us know I love you enough to leave, to not leave you the way you are. I love you too much. So let's know that he has come. Let's know that he has come. Father, we thank you in this moment. We thank you in this moment. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. that you came down, that we were that important to you, that we were that important to you, that you came down. You were born with nothing, yet having everything. God, and today in our, in our struggles, in our disappointments, in our losses, in our tears, let us find hope. Let us find peace. Let us find the joy that only comes from you and let us find love. We thank you, God, right now that you can, your word can find us in our circumstances and in every situation. God, I pray right now for everyone that is hurting. I pray for everyone that is in a state of desperation and hope has been hard to come by. I pray right now, God, that you would just reveal yourself to them. I pray, God, that you would find them where they're at and that you would just show yourself strong. God, I pray right now that you would do what only you can do. God, that you would restore, that you would heal, that you would deliver, that you would open doors that only you can open, that you would close doors that only you could close. God, that you would do the impossible in our lives, that you would do the miraculous in our lives, that your birth 
is just a testament to let us know that you are a miracle worker, that it was impossible for you to come into earth the way that you did for any human, but you did it to, to show us that you are a miracle worker. God, right now, that you would come into our lives, that you would come into our hearts, that you would come into our minds, that you would come into our challenges and our problems and everything that we are facing right now, God, and that you would do a miraculous work. I praise you you right now. I praise you right now for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you have never let Jesus, if you have never opened up your heart and allowed him to come in, and to be Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity as we close today's service. I want to give you that opportunity to be able to accept this extravagant gift. If that is you this morning, as every eye is closed, I invite you just to raise your hand right there where you're at. We're going to pray this prayer together. And I'm going to invite everybody to pray with me at as we are able to unite with those that are accepting Jesus today. So please pray with me, dear Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me when no one loved me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for restoring me. Thank you for changing me. I receive you in my heart change me transform me do what only you can do in jesus name amen